Okay. Oh, so let's look this morning at, at going without is not right. And it, and I didn't I didn't learn this verse at preacher school. I didn't. Uh, I learned this one from Dallas Home. But even back when I was listening to Dallas Home and his music, whatever, I still didn't go look up the verse. I liked his song. I thought the song was wonderful. Later on, when I'm singing it in my head, I'm like, where is that verse? And I looked it up. And I didn't realize it was in Psalm 37. And even then, later on, as I begun to use this verse, instead of thinking it's a song, which we fall for that problem sometimes. We think, I was going through this trouble, and all of a sudden, and of course this is once a year type story, I, I thought of that song, and it reminded me of that verse. Why don't you remind yourself of that verse every day of your life? We do that with the 23rd Psalm. We do that with the, the Lord's Prayer. You know, all of a sudden, once a year, we'll go, you know what, the, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and all of a sudden, we have a wonderful day. You can have a wonderful day every day of your life if you use the 23rd Psalm every day, okay? Same thing with the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, what's so great about that? Deliver us from evil. Praise God. That's a good verse. Give us this day our daily bread. So look at this one, Psalm 37, verse 25. I have been young, and now I am old. So in other words, from a child to, wow, I'm this old. And in all my years, I have never seen the Lord forsake a man who loves him, nor have I seen the children of the godly go hungry. Now that's in the Living Bible. Oh, and that's pretty easy to tell what he's talking about. Let's go to the King James. You may have heard it frequently like this. I've been young and been old, but I've never seen the righteous. Let's get to it here. I've been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Sometimes in our Christian traditions around here, we think God wants us to be out begging. That's ridiculous. It is so out of character with the Bible. Now, you can put this in any category you want. You may not feel like, well, I'm not going to go out there with a sign, Richard, and stand on the roadside. Well, you may be hurting in your body this morning, and you might not think that... When's the pain going to quit? Or you might have some financial difficulty and you're wondering, well, I can get by, but I'm just being distracted by this problem. How am I ever going to get my bills paid? Let me tell you, don't forget this. He said you're not going to be uh, out begging bread. I mean, God's going. his whole point is God's going to take care of you. Uh, let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 15 here. And in Matthew 15, uh, let's get down here to it. Matthew 15, I want to go to uh, verse 32. Oh, we'll get to it. There it is. And uh, he just fed, uh, well, actually, uh, he's going to feed right here. The, uh, he fed the 5,000 just in chapter 14, and now um, he's going to feed the 4,000. And it's funny, uh, when he did this, he didn't do this to prove he was Jesus. I mean, this is, this is our God in the flesh in front of people, and he was taking care of a need. Watch what happened. Let's start in verse 31. Well, uh, verse 30, all these people came and he healed them, because you see the last part of the verse. Verse 31, insomuch as the multitude wondered, and they that saw, the, when they saw the dumb to speak, the lame to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. Now look at this. I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. That's what Jesus' words were. Now remember, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen God. Let's look at this in the, uh, 
in the Living Bible just a second. Uh, same verse. Oh. Uh, he says here, I pity these people, verse 32, they've been here with me for three days now and have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they will faint along the way. Well, what did he do? Well, we know what he did. He fed them. He fed the five, he said, excuse me, this is the 4,000 here. And uh, the point I wanted you to see was, is I'm not going to send them away where they're going to faint. Now, if you go to the 16th chapter, let's just see if I can scroll down and go back to it. Oh, uh, I'll do this. This will work. 16th chapter. And if you come down here to verse 5, watch what happened here. Now, remember, he fed the 5,000 and then the 4,000. Arriving across the lake, the disciples discovered that they'd forgotten to bring any food. Uh-oh. We forgot to get donuts. We forgot to get some beef jerky. We forgot. Oh, no. Okay. Jesus says in verse 6, watch out. Jesus warned them, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, notice verse 7. They thought he was saying this because... They had forgotten to bring bread. You know, well, if I just, you know, I messed up my bank account. My own dumb fault, you know. Or I, I should have grabbed, you know, this is opportunities for prayer in your life. Quit worrying. Yeah, but I should have, I, I, I should have gassed up my car. Now, quit beating yourself up. Why don't you pray? Ask for a miracle. God's not going to deny you a miracle. He'll get you a miracle. He will. Well, if I just, don't do that. Watch what happened here, because Jesus is actually going to straighten them out about the 4,000 and the 5,000, which was not two miracles, just to say, well, wouldn't it have been great to have seen that? No, it's going to take place in your life anytime, anytime. Now, here's an anytime situation. So they didn't have any bread. That's the main thing, verse 5, and they're worried about it. They thought he was saying this because they had forgotten to bring bread. Verse 8, Jesus knew what they were thinking and told them, oh, men of little faith, I tell you, your faith matters. You have got to trust God. Why are you so worried about having no food? Notice he didn't say, you know what, it's good for us to go without. That way we can appreciate what it's like when you get a good meal. Well, I don't like to play that way. If I'm hungry, I don't want to eat. Would you treat your child that way? It's good to me. It's a little meal. you little four-year-old. It's okay. It's good for you. Just think what you'll feel like tomorrow when Grandma comes over and feeds you after we've had nothing to eat for a day. You would never do that to a child. But we think God wants to do it to us. Jesus here would never do that to you. He says, oh, man of little faith, why are you so worried about having no food? Won't you even understand? Don't you remember? Now, this is so important that you remember the good things of God. God doesn't want you to go blank and say, now, don't, don't you dare think that what I did the other day, I'll do again. Yes, he will do it again. He'll do it over and over and over again. Anyway, don't you remember all the 5,000 I fed with the five loaves and the baskets left over? Don't you remember, verse 10, uh, the 4,000 I fed? See, this is why I don't forget the 5,000, the 4,000, because it applies to me today when I'm running low on anything. He says, verse 11, now look at the way he uses his words. How could you even think I was talking about food? But again, I say, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So what do you reckon the disciples were thinking now? They're probably saying, wonder when he's going to break out the Twinkies. Because something's going to happen on this boat between here and the other side. I mean, after all, I mean, the, the ravens brought food to uh, Elijah, you know. God had manna come out of heaven for the children of Israel. Jesus even said one time when he was at, with the woman at the well, uh, when he was at the woman at the well and, and the disciples went off to go get some food, and when he come back, 
Jesus himself said, well, I've already had something to eat. I have food that you know nothing of. You know, praise the Lord. Anyway, the point is God will certainly take care of God does not want you going without. He does not. Uh, let's look at this some more in the same book in Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew 6, look down here at verse 26. Uh, go back to the, the King James here just a moment. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 26. We're going to compare ourselves to the birds here because that's what he says. Verse 26, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in their barns. Yet your heavenly Father, look at this, feeds them. Are you not much better than they? I mean, sometimes we think we are not much better. We got this idea, let me turn the heat back. Uh, we got this idea that, uh, that for some reason God loves the worm more than he does us. God loves a deer more than he loves us. You know, or a little dog or whatever. Well, we hear that in our society because we got tree huggers, you know. We got people that think animals are of more value than we are, but that's not the way the scriptures read. He says, Are you not much better than they? So in other words, what's gonna happen? Oh, he's gonna feed you. Again, I already quoted the Lord's uh prayer, give us this day our daily bread. He that was a golden opportunity to say, Well, you know, you can't always count on that. Because, you know, I mean, sometimes it's good to realize how great God is because of the lack that you have. Well, if that was so, God would have created the heavens and the earth barren. He didn't do that. He created the heavens and the earth with abundance. Wow. Hmm. Uh, let's go to a story over in First Kings here. And uh, let's watch the Lord provide. I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I, it's like when you go over to somebody's house, you know, and first thing they do is they say, you want something to eat? That's the way God is. You want something to drink, you know? Well, yeah, I think I do. That's the way God is. Uh, in First Kings here, let me back up just a second. And this brings another uh, wonderful scripture to us. First, uh, not first, but Psalm 23. Oh, the 23rd Psalm, yeah. Think about this. Where's the provision? Right? Every verse is provision, but there's one in particular about food. He says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Now, what would that do for you if you remembered that daily instead of once a year, getting your Bible out and having a moment going, oh, wow, where has that been? Well, it's been there the whole time. But you should use it every day. He prepares a table. Let's get something else out of it. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's not like, well, you're in such a jam here. We ain't got time to eat. We need to worry about our enemies over here. No, God says, get you something to eat. We'll take care of your enemies for you. Don't you worry about your enemies. Have something to eat. Because haven't you noticed when you're worried and stuff, you don't you lose your appetite, you know? Like, I can't eat, and I'm so scared of this. Listen, God's preparing a table for you, and it's every day. Uh, watch this in 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, 1 Kings, excuse me, chapter 19. This is the story of Elijah, and if you'll remember, this is after uh, Jezebel was getting after him. Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you because Elijah had killed all of her prophets. They were prophets of the devil. Uh, anyway, so uh, um, uh, Elijah, uh, he took off running. Well, pick it up in verse 5. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. What? What's going on here? Let me switch to the uh, Living Bible here just a moment. You know, I mean, we're a little bit, I think we're out of bounds talking about food all the time. You ever heard of the marriage supper of the Lamb? 
<laughs> we're going to be eating. You ever heard of the Lord's Supper? Why, should, why shouldn't it be the Lord's taking food away experience? No, it's the Lord's Supper. Wow. Uh, am I a living Bible? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, this is after he ran. And let me clear this part out of the way. Looking at uh, verse 5. He lay down and slept uh, beneath the broom brush. Well, that's interesting. It was a juniper tree, but some sort of tree there. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him to get up and eat. Wow. And he looked around and saw some bread baking on hot stones and a jar of water. Of course, the Bible is just, it's just, these are just stories. They never were real. These stories are real. Don't fall for this. You know, you fall for things thinking, that, you know, you know, we, we came from monkeys or whatever and, and, uh, and uh, evolution or whatever. It thinks it's not true because Jesus said in the beginning of creation, he made a male and female. You know, this Big Bang stuff is not true. Uh, anyway, uh, you'll find out as you do a little research and stuff that Jesus is actually God in the flesh here. And these, these stories actually happen. But anyway, nonetheless, he looked around and saw some bread baking on hot stones and a jar of water. Praise the Lord. You reckon God would do that for you? You just have not noticed how many times he's done that for you. You turn around and somebody has got some food for you. I tell you, it's been amazing. Just walking through our lives, and when we think, instead of thinking that I did it myself, I did it myself, if you'll start to look, you couldn't have designed a better life that you have had, and God has done these things for you. He's fed you. He's given you these things. That's what it is. And so he ate and drank, and he lay down again. Praise the Lord. Wow. Anyway, notice the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, for there's a long journey ahead of you. Well, you know, it wouldn't have made a better scripture or built character in him if he said, you know what, I don't want you to eat. I want you to get so weak that you'll learn to depend on God. Well, Elijah already, Elijah already knew to depend on God. We already have learned that lesson. The lesson we need to learn is that God will always provide. We have such a tendency to believe that God wants us, you know, to go without. And you just don't find this. Mm -mm. I've been young and been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. So anyway, uh, Elijah woke up and saw that stuff uh, uh, cooked for him. Here's a story that's very similar. The disciples were out on the water. Jesus had already been resurrected. It's the last chapter of, of John. Uh, let's watch what happens here. And uh, the disciples are out there fishing. They don't catch anything. We'll pick up in verse 4. At dawn, we saw a man standing on the beach, but we couldn't see who he was. And he called, any fish, boys? And we replied, no. We struck out. We didn't catch any crappie. We didn't catch any bass. We didn't catch nothing. And he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll get plenty of them. So we did, and we couldn't draw in the net because the weight of the fish, there were so many. Well, when that happened, I know the story real well, uh, then, uh, uh, said the, then I said to Peter, this was John, it's the Lord. Now, how did he know it's the Lord. Couldn't it have been somebody lucky? Maybe a, a fortune teller or whatever? Mm -mm. It's the Lord. That's the reason I like to say when great things happen, I like to, uh, great things happen, I like to say, man, that's God right there. Boy, that's God. God did that. Wow. Well, Peter jumped in the water and he swam over there. At that, verse 7, uh, Peter put on his tunic for he was stripped to the waist and jumped in the water and swam ashore. Now watch what happened here. The rest of us stayed in the boat and pulled the load 
uh, loaded net to the beach about 300 feet away. When we got there, we saw, look at this. You know, Jesus can cook, you know. Yeah. We saw that a fire was kindled and fish were frying over it. And there was bread. I mean, I tell you what, that's like going out to eat. It was right there ready to go. Wow. Why do you reckon God did that? Are we not much more value than these? He feeds the birds. I tell you, he's going to feed you. Now, before you leave this chapter, here's that great story where Jesus tells Simon, Simon, do you love me? And Simon says, yes, I love you. And of course, Jesus replies, what? Feed my sheep. So he was making a point here to Peter. But let's look at his example, he's going to say. He's going to say, feed my lambs. Oh, no, we don't... We need to go without a little bit. No, we don't. We don't need to go without. And you don't need to go without today. Now, let me bring this into healing just a moment. There was a woman, a Canaanite woman, who had a demon-possessed daughter. And she was, this is in Matthew 15. And she said, Lord, help me because my daughter is demon-possessed. And he said, ma'am, it's not right to give the children's bread to the dogs. But she said, Lord, even the dogs get the crumbs. And so <clears throat> she was, and of course, her daughter was healed because she said that. Jesus said, great your faith. Go your way, your daughter's healed. Anyway, notice this. Feed my lamb. I don't care what your problem is this morning. Heaven is already moving in your behalf. Wants to help you. Jesus says this little thing to Peter three times. Peter is grieved the last time saying, you know I love you, Lord. And Jesus tells him again to feed my sheep. He repeated, notice he said, take care of them. And then the last thing he said was, feed my little sheep. Well, I don't know. I still think sometimes God wants me to be without. Well, you're wrong then. God doesn't want you to be without. If you're without, you need to be looking for that table. You need to be doing like the psalmist did. He, he would be going around with his eyes wide open. Where are you, God? Where are you? Why have you forsaken me? I mean, get your faith involved here. That's the reason Jesus on the cross quoted Psalm uh, 22. He was quoting it. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Boy, I tell you, in three days it was completely turned around. Jesus was resurrected and out of there. He was not forsaken. I mean, but see, we give up. We think, you know, well, I guess it's God's will. God doesn't want me to have. No, that couldn't be further from the truth. God wants you to have. He really does. Uh, let's see. Uh, look down here at, uh, no, we'll go to Philippians right now. And uh, Philippians chapter famous here, because we're used to this verse right here. Philippians chapter 4. And uh, go back here to King James. Philippians chapter 4. And yep, we're heading for verse 13. Uh, look at verse uh, 12. I know both how to be abased, that means to be poor, and I know how to abound. Notice he says, I know how to be. In other words, in these situations. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, and to abound and to suffer need. And we don't quit the verse there. Wouldn't that be enough? Yeah, I know. When you serve God, sometimes you have, sometimes you don't. No. you got to read the next verse. The next verse says, what? I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. It's just like that shipwreck that Paul was at on in Acts chapter 27. There was 276. Sometimes we think there was about three or four. And Paul was the only one in chains. And they had a Roman officer, you know, with a club and a sword. And going, I'm going to kill you. You're our prisoner. 
276 people. The ship was completely destroyed, and not a one of them died. And Paul said beforehand, he says, nobody's going to die. We're going to lose a ship, but nobody's going to die. And matter of fact, Paul said, y'all don't know it, but you can't see over the horizon or anything, but we're fixing to be on an island. And matter of fact, he was so excited. Remember what he did? He told them, he says, guys, y'all need to eat. <laughs> yeah, he told them that. And they got excited. They go, okay. And they started eating. Everybody was scared. They're still tossed around like crazy. And here's Paul serving pancakes. And they're all eating. Everybody got excited. All of a sudden, somebody was checking with a debt finder, except the debt finder was a rope. And they noticed, whoops, getting shallow. Uh-oh. And then they started to see there was an island close by, but the ship was banging against the rocks, and it destroyed it all. But everybody floated to the land, even those who didn't know how to swim. They got on boards and stuff, and they made it in. I'll tell you what, there's always provision. But I think it's funny. I just add that to our, me our message this morning. They were eating when they should have been drowning. No, God will always take care of you. Praise the Lord. So he says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ. Notice this. didn't say who puts up with me. He says who strengthens me. Look at this in the Living Bible just a moment here. Oh, down here. Whoops, it was there. Verse, uh, uh, verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of contentment in every situation, whether to be uh, a full stomach or hungry, plenty or want. For I can do everything God asks me with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. Remember when Paul was in prison, the Philippian jailer story, and at night Paul and Silas, they sang praises. Well, just in a matter of hours, they were at the jailer's house having steak and potatoes and whatever, and had their wounds washed. I mean, God will take care of you. You know, what would I get out of that? Man, praise the Lord, we know God's going to get us out of trouble, whatever it is. Uh, one of my favorite verses, John chapter 10, verse 10, uh, Jesus contrasts him with a, a contrast himself. He compares himself with uh, somebody who we, we know very well in the Bible called the devil, Satan, Lucifer himself. Jesus calls him a thief. And let me go to the uh, King James just a moment. Verse 10. Oops, there it was. Flew right by. Hold on. Make your eyes jump around. Look at this. The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. And it's sad that sometimes we get the idea that that might be God at one time or another. No, the Bible will never draw a conclusion like that. Mm -mm. You should look for abundance. Why? Because Jesus said, I am come that day. Who is that? This whole chapter is talking about he's the good shepherd. The sheep. We are his sheep, right? So let's go back to this. He says, I am come that the sheep, that's you and I, might have life. Now, I wonder what life is. Well, let's just let nothing be the definition but this scripture. What life is, is anything that's stealing and killing and destroying, that is not life. And I can tell when those things are taking place. I can tell when I'm running low. I can tell when I'm scared for my health. I can tell when my life is fixing to just go up and smoke. You know, boy, this week's going to be horrible. Whatever. Hey, wait a minute. I remember a verse. Jesus said, I'm come to you might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, I wonder what I can do about it. You don't need to do anything. He's the good shepherd and he gives his life for the sheep. You remember this passage? Well, he was the one that, uh, uh, notice in the earlier verses, he says that uh, uh, 
the, he's the door of the sheep, and he opens the gate and they follow him. Praise the Lord. They go in and out and they find pasture. Yeah, look at that. The porter opens, the sheep hear his voice, he calls them by name, and he leads them out. Praise the Lord. No wonder Psalm 23 says that he makes me lie down in green pastures. I mean, that scripture needs to be rewritten because we as Americans, we believe that hard times make us good. So the Lord's my shepherd. He makes me lie down in barren places so that I can learn to trust him. That's not what it says. When God gives you abundance, you realize, praise the Lord, this is the way it ought to be. Glory to God. And start looking for abundance. Praise God. Green pastures. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Let's go to uh, one last place here and we'll stop. Um, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 28. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> oh. It'll come to pass if you'll hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. Observe, do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. The Lord will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now, uh, a lot of times we dig down here, even, see, this was thrown in the blessings for obedience. And the first thing you think about sometimes, well, it ain't for me because I've made some mistakes. That was added. And even this header here, it'll come to pass if you'll hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee. You realize one of his commandments was uh, the, the yearly sacrifice of the lamb. In other words, the lamb that was slain, the Passover lamb, and that was that lamb was slain to cover for the sins of all the people. That was part of. You're going to make mistakes, but if you sit here and look at this and go, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really, really perfect. So I guess this is not for me. It it does belong to you, praise the Lord. It does. He goes on and says, all these blessings shall come on thee. Matter of fact, I'll add one more scripture to this. Galatians chapter three, verse thirteen says that Christ redeemed you from the curse. So don't separate yourself from this because you feel like, well, I don't qualify for this. Yes, you do. Christ redeemed you from the curse, Galatians 3.13 says. So starting at verse 2, this is you. Well, actually, verse 1, he'll set you on high of all nations of the earth. All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Let's go back to the uh, Living Bible just a moment. Let's get this into the language we're used to here. Watch this. God will transform you into the greatest nation in the world. These are the blessings that will come upon you. Now, remember the Bible says, if you be Abraham's seed, now, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And Jesus said, there will be one fold. So quit saying this is for the Jew only. You're being ridiculous if you think it's for the Jew only. Okay, you are. These blessings that will come upon you. Now, these are the blessings. Blessings in the city, blessings in the field, many children, ample crops, large flocks and herds, blessings of fruit and bread, blessings when you come in, blessings when you go out. wonder what that is. It's daily stuff. It's daily. We should not be thinking for one second that we're going to go without. Mm -mm. Verse 7, the Lord will defeat your enemies before you. They will march out together against you, but will scatter before you in seven directions. Verse 8, the Lord will bless you with good crops and healthy cattle and prosper everything you do when you arrive in the land the Lord God is giving you. Now remember, if these things are not for you, why do we still have them in our Bible? I really don't want to study about what the Jew has and it's not for me. I mean, really. I mean, what good is that? But see, some people treat it that way, but that's not the way God designed it. Mm -mm, never did. Mm -mm. As a matter of fact, when God talked to Moses, he said, In thee shall all nations of the earth be blessed. So quit calling yourself. You cannot read the Bible and find out that this blessing is not for you. Verse 9. He will change you into a holy people dedicated himself. 
This he has promised to do if you'll only obey him and walk in his ways. All the nations uh, of the world shall see that you belong to the Lord, and they'll stand in awe. Well, see, this is us today. How's anybody ever going to know if, if we're no better off than anybody else is? See, look at the next verse. The Lord will give you an abundance of good things in the land just as he's promised. Many children, many cattle, abundant crops. He will open to you his wonderful treasury of rain in the heavens and give you fine crops every season. He'll bless everything you do. You'll lend to many nations and you'll not borrow. Praise the Lord. I mean, this goes on and on. I mean, if today you're facing whatever difficulty, no matter what it is, and if it looks like your world is going wrong, you need to but simply say, Jesus, get me out of this mess. Get me out. This stuff hurts. The Bible tells in James chapter 5, is any among you afflicted? Let him do what? Let him pray. He didn't say let him put up with it. Let him pray. What would you intelligently do? What would a child do? When a child gets hurt, he cries. What should we do as adults? What we should cry to the Lord. Get me out. You're not going to find, I need to learn to put up with this. No. Only thing you need to do is let your patience, which is, I'm trusting you, Lord. Don't give up. Don't give up. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you it's life to those that find it, health to all the flesh. Lord, we thank you that by your stripes we're healed. If any of us this morning are not feeling good, take care of that for us. Lord, if we're uh, lacking anywhere financially, Lord, according to your word, you supply every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, if there's any other problem we might be facing, no matter what it is, we know you'll get to get us out of it. We thank you for it. Oh, I didn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what great things the Lord has done. And that's what we're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, okay, hallelujah.